Keep this frequency clear. Don't touch that dial. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. Shush, 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 shush. With all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. Now, the struggle between good and evil goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my underground lair. Do not attempt to adjust your dial. I'm transmitting live with the hardcore style. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Shauna, Shauna, and for your further listening pleasure, time to lay down some serious sound. Watch your bass bins, I'm telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you. Don't touch that dial. What's up? You're listening to Shauna and Lala. Check us out at shaunaandlala.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash shaunaandlala. Check me out at facebook.com slash thelalamarie. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shaunaandlala and our YouTube channel, Shauna and Lala. And uh, we have started a TikTok channel. I guess it would be a channel. Um, I'm not really good with TikTok, but Lala handles that. Yeah. And it is at Shauna and Lala. Today on the show, we have Joe Town. He has uh, called in and I had a really good conversation with him. He's a life coach and uh, he gives some really, really good advice. And he's also an actor and he has his own podcast called The Better Podcast. So we'll uh, check in with him later on. First, I want to hear all about your trip to Florida, Lala, because the baby, it's her first time. Well, it was her first time flying. Oh, yes, it was her first time. And uh, mom was super stressful. I was so stressed out and so much so that like I was fighting with my husband and my son in the airport. I was just I was a wreck, you know, and actually fighting like like I was screaming. I was in major bitch mode, Um, tired, hungry and. I, he had to tell me, you need to calm down right now, or I'm going to leave you in the airport. <laughs> but I was just so stressed out, because I'm like, oh my god, she's not the easiest baby. Is she going to scream the whole flight? You know, people are going to be pissed off. And um, she did pretty well, you know. The hardest part was security, getting through that with her, because she was sleeping. And they're like, oh, you need to get her out of the stroller. Because we had her in the stroller, you need to take her out and pick her up, and then you got to put the stroller on the, the belt. It was just, you know, it's very, very stressful traveling with kids and all the crap that comes with your kids. But, um, yeah, once we got on the plane, she was whining. And if you're a parent and you've taken a baby on the plane, it's like the dreaded, as you walk down the aisle holding your baby, everyone looks at you like with that, oh, crap, face on. They're like, oh, no, a baby. A baby's on the plane. This is going to yep. be horrible. <laughs> so people were looking at me like that as I walked down. I'm like, ah, hi, you know. And when I, as soon as I sat down, she started whining and started crying. And then, you know, people are turning around looking at me like, you know, judging right away. But the, did the plane didn't even take off. No, yet. it didn't take off. And she was already like getting fussy. So I, my anxiety level was through the roof, you know. Um, but she calmed down. She whined a few times. It was a little hard. I had to hold her in a certain position the whole two-hour flight. But when we landed, you know, the people around me turned around. And they're like, she did such a good job. You know, she didn't even bother anyone. And the one lady's like, 
Yeah, the other flight we had, um, there was a baby who cried the whole time. My husband had his fingers in his ears, was like, this is ridiculous. And she's telling me all this. I'm like, ah, yeah, you're not helping my anxiety for my flight home because I'm going to be worried about, you know, that. But she was good. And we had a good time in Florida. We went to St. Augustine. It's a beautiful, historic uh, downtown city. Beautiful. It's clean, safe, um, lots of stuff to eat, lots of little shops. Really beautiful. Pretty sad that we have to include that it's safe. I know, I know. These because days. when we travel, that is something that I look for because I have kids. So we always look for some place that we feel safe, that we don't oh, yeah. feel like, you know. And we've been to places where, like, when I went to Miami that year, we did not feel safe there, South Beach. But we felt very safe in St. Augustine. Um, and it was a nice little getaway. We were only there for, what, four days, five days? And it was beautiful out. I got some vitamin D. <laughs> I got burnt. Um, and I got to sit by the ocean. What's better than that? And Jelena loves the ocean. She just would fall asleep to it every day. And uh, it was a, real, a nice little break we needed. Yeah. I cannot wait to go on vacation. I don't have one planned yet. I mean, in my head, I have like 20 <laughs> planned. But uh, I have none actually planned. I just cannot wait to get away. You need to. I it's, need to. It's yes. good. For, it's healthy and it's really good to refuel and reset the mind. Yes. And I hear Julina. She uh, she wants to talk. She can't I wait know. to talk on the radio. I should put her on the mic. She she likes talking. She's talking up a storm. Yep. And uh, how did Gio do? He loves traveling. Hey, he's good. He's. I mean, he was frustrating me the morning that we left because, again, I was in bitch mode. I was tired. I was cranky. So he was not very helpful when I was having my freakouts. I wanted him to like, okay, Ma, what do you need? Let me hold that. Let me grab that. I had so many things in my arms, and he was just like being a kid, just moping around. I'm like, help me. <laughs> so Mike's like, stop being mean to him. And I had to calm down. But other than that, yeah, he's good. He's a good traveler. We've been traveling with him since he was little, so he, he kind of knows the drill. Hopefully, Jolina will learn the drill, too, yes. as she gets older. Well, I'm, I'm just glad that she didn't cry the whole time. I know. I know. Because she, uh, she, I mean, from what you told me, you know, when she was born. She's not a happy baby, but she's getting there. She's getting happier as she gets older. She is, yeah. She, uh, she had her four-month checkup. Yes. And she's doing really well. Yeah, she's a little peanut. She's she's light, you know, tiny little thing, but healthy and she loves to eat. So she's probably just going to be a petite little girl, you know? Yeah. So did you uh, use the Ergo Baby that we were sent? Yes. Uh, everyone told me that that was a must-have to take on a plane. So you had your hands free. Yeah. And it really came in handy. Like, when we were about to board the plane, I put her, I put my Ergo Baby on the carrier. I put the baby in it. And then both hands were free as I was able to take my... You hear her? She loves it. I took my carry-on in one hand. I had the car seat in the other hand. And she was in the Ergo Baby. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad someone told me that because it really made my life less stressful getting on that plane. Because if I had to hold her, that's two hands gone that I couldn't help my husband and my son carry things. You know, we had a lot of stuff with the baby. Yeah. So I loved it. Um... It she, did take her some time to get used to it, though. Yeah, uh, she didn't really like it as a new or as she got. <laughs> Can you guys hear? Her? She's going crazy in there. Um, it took her some time to get used to it. She didn't like it at first. So moms, you know, don't give up. Just keep trying. They'll get used to it. And now she loves it. And she didn't sweat in it. 
I have the Omni, um, the Breeze, so it, it's yeah. a little airier, has a mesh, so she didn't really get too sweaty in Florida when we did use it, and it was hot, so I, I really, I loved using it. Yeah, and you had the, uh, you bought a beach tent thing for mm-hmm. her, too, a which was tent. so cute. I didn't know they made them. I know, and I, I bought it on Amazon. It was a pop-up tent, and it was, like, I think 17 bucks. So cheap. And, boy, I would have paid more for it because it was amazing. It came in handy. I was able to put her in this. It was uh, UPF 50, so no sun was going to hit her. And I laid her in it, and she slept. Every day I put her in it, she just would watch the ocean. She was protected from the sun. I had my hands free. I can enjoy myself and relax, and she... She loved being in that, so I, yeah, that thing was amazing. <laughs> Did she fall asleep in it? Oh, yeah, every day. That She would take a long nap in it to the sound of the ocean, the breeze, you know. She was just so content in there, and it, it, I was happy because I'm like, is she going to be miserable when I put her down in this thing? And, you know, I'm in the ocean. No, she she loved it. Well, that's a good thing. She's telling us how much she loved I it. I know. Well, uh, the beach is definitely in her blood and traveling, yeah, so... she's a little ocean baby. <laughs> I think uh, I think she will be fine. Yeah, our next trip is Dominican Republic, so that's a longer flight, and it's a lot more stressful airport stuff, because you have to go through more security there, you know? Yeah, with you have to go through customs, right? Customs International, yeah, so I'm hoping that it goes as smoothly as it did this time, so we shall see. Oh, boy. So you did you bring the Maxi Cozy with you? Yes, I did. And that was also awesome. Um, it folds up one, two, three with one hand. So that was easy in the airport. I took it right. I rolled it to like the gate. And then I was able to one handedly like flip it, you know, shut it. And then I was hoping that they didn't ruin it, you know, because sometimes they throw things around, but came out good. My car seat, I had a car seat cover for it to protect my Maxi Cozy car seat because I love that thing and I didn't want it ruined. So I bought a waterproof cover for it. And um, that was awesome, too. We didn't take the base with us, but we were able to easily put it into our rental car. And that center section that I always talk about that we can just pull out instead so we don't have to take the whole base. That came in handy going from the car to the hotel, you know, and back. And that that was a godsend. But, yeah, the stroller came in handy. I loved it. The storage space underneath when we went through the little downtown village and went shopping. We were able to put our stuff under there. It's a pretty big space. Yeah, it's a big space. So we got a diaper bag in there. We had little bags, you know. My son had his jacket. So it his really jacket? came in handy. Like, he put his jacket in there because it was chilly some of the nights we were walking. Oh. Um, and... Yeah, it all came in handy. It it drives so smoothly. There was a lot of uneven roads. It's like cobblestone little back uh, little streets in there. Can so they? We, can people drive on them? Yeah, people drive on them. That's too. awesome. You got to move over, but the stroller did perfectly fine over all the terrain. We didn't try it on the sand. I was kind of, I wasn't sure if it, how well it would do in the sand, so we we didn't take the stroller to the beach, but. Other everywhere else, it was amazing, and I love it. And we got compliments on the car seat because people have never seen that feature where you press a button and you pull out that center piece of the car seat. I don't think any I other think, yeah uh, car seat companies. I don't think so. Either. Have that. So everyone's like, "What? Oh my God! What is that? Where'd you get that? What's you know?" So I was telling people all over, "Oh, Mexicozy," you know, and explaining how it works and how much lighter it is. I let them lift it up to see how much lighter it is than carrying that big, hunky, chunky 
car seat around, you know? Yeah. And everyone loved it. So, you know, I'm hoping some people went out and bought it after that or put it on their baby registry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you guys do want to purchase it, we do have a link um, up on our website, social media. Uh, the video that you're going to explain, like, the how it works, we're, uh, we're working on that. So yes. that'll be up soon. And we have our cooking segment, uh, which is bi-weekly, too. So uh, make sure to check out that. We did Parma Rosa last week. And it is so good. A delicious, easy, quick pasta meal. And we use the Nor sides. You know, you can buy them in the store, the pre-made. And we kind of just elevated it um, to show you how you can take an easy weekly night dinner and make, you know, make it pretty fast. And, and it'll taste delicious. It'll taste as if you've been cooking all day. So yeah. we wanted to showcase that. And it didn't take long. What What was it like? 20 minutes 20 minutes 20, the, the pasta took 15 minutes to boil because we used rigatoni and in that time that's when we made the dish so about 20 minutes i'd say yeah pretty quick really good and uh check out next week's recipe we don't know what we're making yet but i don't know lala we'll figure it out yes we will let's check in with joe town right now on the phone we have joe town he is the host of the better podcast so joe why don't you tell me a little bit about your show and how you got started sure thanks so much for having me on um well the show uh, is an exploration of what it means to us now collectively to be better so that we can do better and what i was really interested in was learning from some creative minds across multiple disciplines find out how they organize their time how they get up in the morning how they bounce back from moments that they struggle with and what the mindset of that does uh, to invite each of us to reconsider perhaps how we are doing our days and how we're doing our conversations and our relationship primarily with ourselves um, coming out of this hopefully coming out of this collective moment we've been in and inviting us all to spark conversations around this change. Mm -hmm. You're talking about what we're all going through right now with COVID and all that. Yeah. And the, I'm talking about the multiple pandemics we're dealing with, right? So there's the disease of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, implications of um, what has been exposed over the last couple of years with regards to, racial injustice, which are with regards to parenting from home, with regards to the new normal. So uh, how, how do you deal with this? How do we deal with the unknown collectively? Because everyone's going through it, right? Everyone's going through something. Right. Everyone's going through how do we come back from being isolated? How do we connect? What are we connecting to? I don't everyone's think anybody has with... that answer. Okay. You know. Well, then that's... I, I, I think it's different I, I, for everybody. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if, I wonder if you're right. And I wonder if it's about living the questions, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to one person having the insight from the cave on the mountaintop. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Um, you know, my co-host, um, she was dealing with it, you know, the, um, the virtual learning with her son and, 
you know, the the question of, you know, does he have school um, today? You know, is he going to, you know, right now, um, you know, he is back in school and every day she's stressing out. Are they going to close down and go back to virtual? You know, it's always a question of what if, what if he comes home? What if he's sick? What if he gets the virus? What if, you know, is he going to get the baby yeah. sick? And she's right. always worrying. And she's like, you know, I don't know whether to homeschool him, take him out of school. It's stressful. Yeah, it is. And I think, so how do we relate to stress? Is stress something that is ever helpful? understanding the science behind the optimal state of stress. When we tilt into overwhelm, what are the tools we use to bring ourselves back? What can we learn from elite athletes and sports science and sports psychology to help us very practically as moms in the Hudson River Valley, as artists in Los Angeles, as a student in the Midwest? Like there are very practical things we can do to relate to stress. So for me, as a background, as a performer, spent, you know, a couple dozen years going into audition rooms. And I think for a long time, I was trying to memorize the list of things that could go wrong and try to memorize them in the hopes that they never happened again. And I think zooming out, one of the things that's been really helpful is what if I shift my relationship to what I do when something takes me off my plan? Because that will happen a million different ways. Mm -hmm. And I can try to memorize the million different ways that it will. But I think what I really need to do is say, okay, I come in with an intention. I come in with an intention to explore as opposed to my plan of controlling how it's going to go. Right. What happens then when I'm thrown off? How do I relate to the unknown? And if I know myself, the last couple years has been an invitation to that because everything feels unknown. And going back to the way it was, you were mentioning like socialization. I mean, in an endemic life, we may have these elements of things opening up, things closing down, masking, not masking. Somebody's at a different level of comfort than other people. How do we communicate that? How do we relate to each other? And that part, I don't know if it's going away and switching off as quickly as it switched on like you know, this all came about so quickly. Yeah. It's definitely a learning curve <laughs> for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you were talking about when something goes wrong and, and I could relate to that because I'm not good with change. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have my days planned out and, you know, I'm going to be doing this for this long, this for that long, this for this long. And then if something cancels or if you know my mom says to me hey we're gonna go you know see so-and-so at seven o'clock and I'm like wait no I I can't do that that wasn't in my plan I start freaking mm -hmm. out and mm -hmm. I I'm not good with change so I think your podcast would be great for me to listen to in order to learn how to deal with that learn how to deal with stress I have taken different classes as well. Um, I didn't know this. I did go for blood work and they said that my stress level was like four times higher than it should be. Mm -hmm. So I did not know that you could tell somebody's stress level from blood work. I had to go on like an antidepressant and anxiety medication. And so that 
I could calm my body down or something. I had no idea that stress really affects your body that way. Yeah. And I think what you're describing is sort of the impact of chronic stress and very scientific level. You know, there are hormones our body produces to help with something. Yeah. I think it's cortisol or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That cortisol, right? That cortisol response is so good. If there's a baby trapped under a car and we need to lift it off, that cortisol response is so good in an emergency when we need to run fast. You know, if we're Indiana Jones and we're out running that boulder, um, if, if, if we're hardwired to deal with the saber toothed tiger, but you know, I think certainly living in a global pandemic, but even the psychological stress that comes about when we look at and engage on social media, our bodies are hardwired to deal with the threat of the saber toothed tiger. You know, we're not necessarily biologically equipped to deal with these micro stresses on an ongoing basis, particularly when we don't know how to switch off. And I think for a lot of us, you know, the, the, we take a break, right? We tap out. Some of us tap out once we're sick. And then we're using our free day, lying in bed, waiting for chicken noodle soup. That was me last week. But I, <laughs> yeah, and chicken noodle soup is delicious. But I, yeah. when I feel jammed up against it with my schedule, that's not the way I want to spend the time that I'm taking off, right? There, there might be another way that I'd prefer to do it. So yeah, I but wonder, I think, you know, I, I think that we do have to take a break because... I was running and running and running, and I wore myself down to the point where I did get sick. I was sick on and off with a cold for about a month, and then it just hit me, full-blown sinus infection. I, I believe we had an interview scheduled for last week, and I had to cancel because I could not talk. You oh, know, gosh. so um, yeah, yeah. I was literally—I was in bed for three days, I think, until I actually felt better. But yeah. I think you're right. It's you're, you got to give yourself that break. Otherwise, it's just going to take you down. It's going to wear you're going to be wore out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think sometimes it's easier for me to imagine when I think about my car. I, li- I live in L.A. now. I'm a New Yorker, but I live in L.A. So I have a car. And when I've driven a lot, you know, the car starts to give me these signs that it needs a break. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm out of yes. gas. I'm overheated. I need more fluids. And and we sometimes pretend we're camels (laughs) and we just keep going and going and going until we one day just keel over. And I wonder what it would take for us to get quiet and block out some of the noise so we can hear the signal of those little cues. Because I know for me, I hear my body when I'm practicing checking in. I hear my body in advance of those moments where I get sick. By the time I get sick, I'm actually full blown into symptoms as opposed to when I got tired, as opposed to when I noticed that tiny scratch and I pushed it away because I had a lot to do Mm -hmm. or I cranked in more coffee or, you know, whatever. I I feel like I earned the break. So I'm going to stay up late and finish watching the show I love instead of treating my body as if it was a car and letting Mm -hmm. it turn off and, and taking care of it. So my question to you is, you know, you've worked with um, a lot of actors before and you are an actor yourself. So how does, I mean, actors have rigorous, stressful, you know, 12, 16 hour days, probably even longer. 
um, you know, between filming and press and, you know, touring. And, and so how do they deal with, you know, getting, you know, no sleep to maybe getting four or five hours of sleep and the stress that your body goes through? Because, I mean, you know, we've I've never been on a full blown tour or anything, but, you know, I've had those late nights where you're just running from arena to arena, you know, for me doing interviews and shows and, and coming back and editing and then putting the show together. So like I deal with that kind of stress, but on an actor and a performer level, I mean, your stress level is totally, totally different than, you know, what a regular nine to five job really would be. Sure. Yeah. This, this, the extreme hours are real deal. And sometimes it feels like we just have to white knuckle it and get through it. And I think what I'm learning is I've spent a lot of years doing it in a way that does not serve me to be sustainable. I've done it where I've just sort of sucked it up. I've done it where I've gone and been bleary eyed and blasted myself with craft service or with extra coffee or you know, was hustling and grinding and I wanted to go for it. I'm like, I'll be fine. And ultimately I've gotten through moments like that. I mean, how many of us have stayed up late for an exam or stayed up overnight? And if I tried to do that now, my body would let me know how many days it would take for me to recover. And there's clear sleep science on that. So I think what actors have to do is be a little more extreme with their recovery. And when I say extreme, I mean, in two ways, one is around the busy season. So I don't know that we can really bank sleep. Science doesn't seem to say we can bank a ton of sleep, but I know that if I'm relatively healthy, exercising, breathing, doing you know things to take care of my food and uh, my instrument, I know that when I get to the busy season, I can hold out longer. So that's number one. And I also think that there's recovery on the other side of it. So not just skipping the hiatus and going right into another movie just because I can. It's actually being really purposeful with time away. So I think we have to be more extreme. When we look at basketball players and they play all season and then they play in the playoffs and then they might go to the Olympics and then they come back and start all over again and they don't have months off, they have to do active recovery. So they're not just Netflixing and chilling right? They're actually doing hot and cold therapy. They're actually stretching their body and getting out the lactic acid. They're actually prioritizing sleep, sometimes taking naps. So I think that part of it, you know, we might not have the budget of LeBron James, but we can look at what he's doing and we can extrapolate that and say, what's my version? Maybe I don't have a cold plunge pool. Maybe I can turn my shower on for 30 seconds. Maybe I can splash cold water on my face. Maybe I can't take two weeks to go on a vacation, but maybe I can go to bed early after taking a mineral salt bath instead of staying up late and trying to get extra work done. Maybe I can, I can't take a nap for an hour and a half, but maybe I can turn off my screen and close my eyes for 10 minutes. Maybe I can't go and um, make it to nature today, but I can spend five minutes breathing on purpose with a science-backed practice that takes me away from the sympathetic nervous system that stimulates that cortisol. And I reactivate that parasympathetic, the rest and digest, because I know that breath tools are free. I know that there's ancient science behind it. And if I know the science behind it in modern day principles and what it's doing to my body, maybe I trust it. And if somebody can explain it to me as if I'm 12, 
maybe I can spend two minutes doing it on purpose and recognize what it actually does for me and make sure I routinely incorporate it into my day to day. Right. You know, and, and yoga and meditating, you know, you could do that anywhere, especially meditating. Pretty much you could do that anywhere, you know, with earbuds in and listening to somebody talk or listening to music. I mean, you could do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, are we, why are we not doing it? Are, are, have we not found the style that works for us? You know, because some people love a guided meditation and there's apps that do that. And other people, they get really critical, right? Like, I'm not doing this right. We sit down for two minutes and we're like, oh, I thought about my laundry list. So I must not be good at meditating. That's me. We give up so easily. Yeah, me too. I, because I want to succeed at something. I want to feel like I'm making progress. I don't want to feel like I'm an adult and I can't do something that's like, sit still and focus on your breath. Okay, I have a lot going on right now. So if I judge the quality Right. If I judge the quality of my experience before I've even started to practice it, then I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to probably pass up on a tool that might be a game changer for me. And I think in this information age, there are styles of, like you said, yoga or meditation um, that might work for all of us if we if we just relate it to what happened at the YMCA or what we see on TV, um, you know, perhaps we're missing somebody who's come up with a version that actually speaks to us. And so that's my interest is getting curious and going, well, what can I, what can I learn about some of these things? And what can I learn about myself instead of just chalking myself up to, I'm a fixed identity. I know myself. I know what I like. I don't want to know what I don't like. And I think, honestly, if you, if you want to zoom back to why I started the podcast, it was I wanted to get better. I wanted to stop proving myself everywhere I went, in the audition rooms, on set, in my relationships, in my friendships, online. I wanted to stop proving myself everywhere. And I wanted to just center getting better. And I know it sounds simple, but a growth mindset and that beginner's mind is ancient wisdom. And if we can really embody it and do it, I've found that um, I might walk out of the day and maybe I didn't get through my whole to-do list, but if I learn something, I feel good about myself. I feel like I've made progress and then I have hope for the future. Right. Now, what has been the most, I guess, inspirational message or help that somebody has said that you've interviewed that you're like, wow, I never thought of that. You know, like I'm going to incorporate that into my life and that has helped you. Gosh, I I have walked out of every conversation with at least one of those things. But when you asked that, the first thing that came to mind was hearing a story and even the very first interview that I did with uh, Yogi Roth. And he was talking about his grandparents' love story. And he was talking about that. So often we think about love story and we think about rom-coms, but he was telling a story of the Holocaust and about his grandparents who found each other after incredible tragedy. And what's amazing is two things. Number one, that the parallel of his story, mirror his grandparents' story, mirrors his modern-day story of meeting his wife on a plane. So I, as, a, as a fan of romantic comedies, I'm all in. I love, I love the synergy and the serendipity of that. <laughs> but honestly, in this time where people are going through collective trauma and stress and strain, finding meaning... Finding meaning in the stories, finding meaning in the darkness and the challenges, that to me 
you know, logotherapy and Viktor Frankl and man's search for meaning. And what is the meaning of this moment? I know that some people are moving out of the city they were in. Some people are changing professions. Some people are changing relationships. It's a wake-up call for each of us to check ourselves and our priorities before we wreck ourselves. So what meaning do we want to find out of the things that are brought into our life? That's been a game changer. And that's just in episode one. Awesome. So where can our listeners check your uh, podcast out and get more information? And then I know you also do a nationwide tour for your performers mindset class. So if our listeners wanted to get involved, where would they uh, get in contact with you? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, you know, I'm on an iPhone and a Mac and all that. So I, I start out with Apple podcasts, but we're on Spotify. If you find us on iHeartRadio, you know, you can find us on anchor or you can just go to our website, which is, it's all on the performers You can click on podcasts and you can listen to the better podcast there. It'll take you to whatever platform of choice, but the, the performers mindset is the idea that we're all performers each of us. Now I work with executives. I work with athletes, coaches, I work with actors and showrunners, but the wisdom that they have and the simple practices they do, they are there for all of us. So whether we're getting on a plane for the first time and are scared to travel and dealing with the stress of that, or taking an exam after feeling burned out or coming out to our parents Whatever our performance is, getting up and doing our day is a performance. So how do we switch on for life's big moments and how do we come down from that? So our trainings and our teachings and our coachings are all around the application of that to -to day-to-day living. Mm -hmm. That's great. I do have to tell you that um, I did do a, I guess you would say like a speaking engagement in front of like a few thousand children. And I have to tell you that I I thought I was going to pass out before I got on stage I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh but it ended up being fine I would say through like the first like five minutes I literally thought I was going to pass out yeah I I hear that a lot and I've experienced it too like I'm an actor I I get up and set and I, I perform in front of you know hundreds or thousands of people but I get asked to speak off the cuff or I get asked to speak without a script and all of a sudden my heart's pounding my nerves are you know showing up in full force and the head noise that comes from that is something I have to now battle in addition to doing what I'm there to do. Now, I think what's great is the idea that like it all went fine. Maybe that lets me know that I can do hard things. And also I wonder if the nerves are actually fuel and we just don't treat them as fuel. We treat them as something that's an enemy at the gate. So understanding how we can embrace our nerves instead of wishing we weren't nervous and um, I also think, you know, the humanity in it, right? Just recognizing, okay, that didn't just happen to me. I'm not alone. Other people go through this and maybe they have something that they can offer me and maybe I have something I can offer them because ultimately, as one of my my sort of teachers um, through his books and, and speaking has shared, we're all just walking each other home, right? So maybe... By you discovering that the next time you chat with someone like you're doing with me right now, that creates this domino and this wave. And perhaps that is what makes us all just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be doing another speaking engagement anytime soon, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely nerve wracking. 
Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how you as an actor don't get nervous or maybe you do get nervous. I don't know, but I would be so afraid that I would forget my lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get nervous just so you know, and I used to get ulcers, you know, in high school when I was first performing, I jokingly say I discovered God in the toilet because <laughs> I would be in a bathroom stall and I would say, please, if there's something out there, I was really struggling with faith. And I was like, if there's something out there, please take my pain away. And inevitably I'd step on stage and I'd be fine. But the hour before I would be racked with pain. And um, I wish that I had some tools like what elite athletes are doing to channel and embrace and understand their nerves. And it's not being taught in schools. It's not being taught in acting programs. It's not being taught in most media training for athletes. So when I found out about it and I shared it with another artist, the first thing she said is Joe, that bleep is magic and you need to tell everybody about. So, so I made a commitment that I was going to share. Okay. So share it with me. Sure. Uh, so the first thing I think I've alluded to a couple of times, it's, it's the way we frame when nerves happen. Yeah. So some people, the moment that they feel the nerves, right. They say to themselves, Oh crap. Now it's all screwed, right? Because I've been nervous before. I'm going to lose my lines and we go down that track. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is everything in our body is tightening and all of the capillaries and veins and arteries are shrinking. And so the natural hormones that your body is producing to help you with the thing that you're there to do, they get trapped somewhere in your body. They don't go to the brainstem. They don't go to your lungs. They don't go to help your body with what it needs to do. So the foreman of your body, the uh, regulator of all your hormones sends more. And now you've got double the amount of hormones coursing through your system, but you're still clamped down. You're still saying, Oh no, you're tight. So you start pooling the, the, the hormones start pooling and our brain starts to spin. And so step one is framing it and saying, the moment I feel that I can say, Oh, cool. My body is switched on now. It's just switched on like my car. It's it, there's fuel in the tank. By doing that, I leave a little more space. The second thing, I, and this sounds maybe a little hokey, but this has been a game changer. I put my hand right over my chest because I like to feel the warmth there. And I say, thank you, body. Thank you. And that gratitude actually opens up a little bit of space for the hormones to go where they need to go. And the third thing is a mantra or a phrase like, everything I need is inside me. And that's what leads me to trust. Everything I need is inside me right now. I've done my prep. I can't prep anymore. If I prep for another 60 seconds before I step on stage, is that the difference maker? Or is breathing in a four, seven, eight pattern going to change my life? So when we exhale longer than we inhale, we actually slow down our heart rate. So if you imagine a triangle, we breathe in, let's say, to the count of four, and then we hold our breath to the count of seven, and then let's say we exhale to the count of eight. If we do that, whatever your pace is, you're actually slowing down your heart rate. And if you do that, it's like an anti-anxiotic. It helps you with your nerves. It takes the edge off. It doesn't cost you anything but time and, and focus. You can do it for 60 seconds, and it'll be a, a night and day difference. So if I pause and embrace my nerves, my body is switched on now. I put my hand over my chest. I say, thank you, body. Everything I need is inside me. And then I breathe. I can do that in less than three minutes. And when I step on a stage, 
It allows me to trust. And I have a wholly different physiological experience because now those nerves have been turned into fuel. Like I'm an alchemist. Yeah. So try it out the next time you have to. Exactly. Try it out the next time you have to jump on here, right? Practice here because the stakes are low. You you know how this goes. You've done this a billion times. You could do it in your sleep. Practice it when the stakes are not high so that the day that you do have to go step on stage in front of a thousand people, you're like, oh, right. It's Tuesday. I'm going to go do the thing I do instead of I treat those moments different and everything else. And then I hope that something shows up for me and I don't trust it fully. And I'm in the background hoping nobody sees how much I'm sweating from my armpits. So, you know, I wonder if we systematize doing it every day, will they show up for us on game day? Interesting. I'm going to try it. I really am. Uh, uh, please let me know what your experience is, because to me, that's the most important thing, right? Like if I experience it, that tells me something versus it remaining an idea. So yeah. you have my contact information and please reach out to me and let me know how it feels when you do it. And it doesn't mean doing it for the first time is going to be like the clouds parted and an angel came down and smooched me on my forehead. It might be like, that was weird. I was more aware of my body. Right. right? But I, I promise it will be different. And I think if you do it a few times, it's like the freeway we have to our old patterns and the dirt road we have to trying something new, we might not be so quick to give it up if we view it as a dirt road and we realize I need to smooth it out. I need a few reps here. Yeah, and Habits it might just come by like stuck in nature and just automatically happen. Yes, you know it will over time, right? And and that's the thing is anything we practice, we get better at. Mm -hmm. So in in this in my understanding of better, whatever we practice, we become more efficient at. So are the things we're practicing actually helping us? Or are the things we're practicing just there because of another time and place or we don't know any better? Right. Because we can have bad habits and be practicing them every day. Very, very true. We just have to change our mindset. That's really yeah, what life there. is about. <laughs> just changing yeah. the mindset. So. Yeah, you're on it. So uh, thank you so much, Joe, for calling in. Everyone check out Joe Town's podcast, the better podcasts. And uh, don't forget to also check out the performers mindset. And uh, you travel around to different colleges and uh, you. speak about how to better yourself. So uh, everyone check out Joe. I am going to definitely take your tips to heart and try them out. Might take me a few times, but I'm confident that it'll help me. You know, I'm so excited to hear that. And I'm so grateful that we connected today. And I mean it. I would love for you to stay in touch with me. Let me know what your experience is. And I hope anybody else out there listening is maybe willing to give themselves two minutes today, try it out and see what their experience is. And then let's have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely uh, keep you posted. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. And that's our show for this week. Make sure to check out our website, shaunaandlala.com, on facebook.com slash shaunaandlala. You can check me out at facebook.com slash Marie. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube at Shauna and Lala. Our Instagram is at Shauna and Lala. And our TikTok page is at Shauna and Lala. So follow us at all our social channels. And uh, we will see you next week.